0: Welcome to The Read Along,
1: a mini book club for your ears.
0: I'm your host Scott.
1: I'm your other host, Anita.
0: And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do. And you can listen to me, Scottsy Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts, Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. been a busy couple weeks.
1: It sure has. Life happened all at once here. Yeah.
0: Nita had kind of been slammed on both sides uh, because she had training last week at work. Yes. But is also starting some night classes.
1: Yes. And out of uh, sheer and unfortunate coincidence, that all happened on the same three days. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so I ended up kind of single dadding for several days. Last week was a very long week.
1: It really was. Yeah.
0: Our kids are delightful, and I love them, and I love spending time with them, and I love playing with them, and they can be a handful.
1: <laughs> Especially uh, in the evenings.
0: When they get squirrely.
1: Yeah, during the witching hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it.
0: They start getting tired. They start bouncing off the walls. It's a thing. Wee. Yeah, so last week was a long week. Things are kind of starting to settle into the new routine, though.
1: Yes. Well, I don't have the training anymore. The classes are still there, but (laughs) now my days are more open. We don't have back-to-back birthday parties to go to. Yeah. Things are slowing down a little. We'll find a new routine and everything will be fine. It's just that when it kicked off, it all happened at once. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, fun times, different times, but that's kind of what we're dealing with here. Still have time to read and record, though.
1: Because we make time.
0: Because we make time for each other. And for you. <laughs> I thought you were going to add something there. I
1: had nothing else to add. You covered it all.
0: Very well. Let's talk okay. about our book. Sure. We'll start with a brief recap of our previous chapter, chapter eight, in which we get a lot of information about the science of magic and the history of the world. It's a, a big exposition.
1: Yeah. Great big exposition dump. Lots and lots packed into that chapter.
0: Indeed. Very and, good. And it ends with Cornelia informing Mallory that she is now moving it. Yes, and basically. That's, yeah, and that's basically where we pick up in Chapter 9 of The Undetectables by Courtney Smith. So we pick up the next day. Yes. Uh, it's morning. People are kind of finishing their little crime projects. <laughs> Diana's almost got her dollhouse ready. Cornelia's working on the sprinter, trying to like identify what the weird spell might have been that yeah. killed our victim.
1: She's like sporadically uh, looking up spells to see if it's a match and getting discouraged when they're not, and then off she goes again.
0: Yeah, and Mallory's kind of fixated on the uh, culture Triforce.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's just sort of staring at the murder board for a while, right?
0: Yeah, trying to see if something kind of comes to her. You know how sometimes you like, you stare at something? And you just kind of like let your focus glaze over. And then sometimes, like, something comes to you or you, you like see something that you weren't seeing before. Yeah. It's like when you change perspective when you're making a puzzle. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That can help.
1: I think that's what Mallory's trying, but it's not working for her either.
0: Yeah. And Theodore is off working in the corner because he can't get near their right? equipment. Right. <laughs> Poor Theodore. Doing paperwork from the looks of it. So he might actually be doing his actual job.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think this is a work day for him. Yeah. He's just working.
0: And uh, this is where Cornelia says, hey, so I spoke to my friend uh, who I was texting last night. They're totally cool with helping you move over your stuff. And Mallory takes this as an in to be like, so tell me about this
1: friend. Tell me about this bu-
0: And Cornelia actually goes to start answering that question, and then that information gets snatched away from us (laughs) as quickly as as it was being offered.
1: Yes, because Jacob shows up again.
0: Yep, and the moment is ruined.
1: Yep, Yep. which is unfortunate.
0: So Jacob's looking a little sullen, which is kind of his usual look, now that I think about it.
1: Probably. Yeah,
0: Yeah. the put-upon assistant to the nightmare. (laughs) Right? The nightmare was not too happy with his lie to the coroner.
1: No, and I don't understand why entirely
0: because the nightmare has got weird hang-ups about this case
1: Uh, yes that's what i mean like he's got weird hang-ups about this case he was mad about this lie that jacob told to help the case get solved i uh, what
0: yeah it's complicated obviously but at any rate jacob's like look the problem here is that i can no longer offer you access to anything if you want to access anything you're just going to have to go through proper police channels which, which
1: I'm sure is fine, but... On,
0: well, on the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, I mean, that's also going to upset the Nightmare because he wanted them to be doing this on the DL. Well,
1: then, okay, stop shooting yourself in the foot then, Mr. Yeah. Mayor.
0: It's almost like he kind of doesn't want the case solved. It kind of does? Yeah.
1: But then why hire them in the first place? I
0: mean, they literally were the worst detectives in town.
1: They've only had one case and they haven't been able to solve it. Correct. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they, which is not a slam on their skills. Or their ability to solve a case, but as you say, they've done one case, they failed to solve it, and then they spent six years disbanded. They're the worst detectives in town.
1: (laughs) Yes, but if you don't want a case solved, why hire anybody at all? Sometimes
0: you need to make a show about trying to solve something that you don't want solved.
1: But he's not making a show of it. He wants it done like super discreetly, and I'm like, dude, you're not making any sense.
0: No, it's... It's a bit of a mystery, what's going on from the Nightmare's office at the moment.
1: A mystery? Indeed. In this book?
0: Quite so. Another mystery, a different mystery.
1: How dare.
0: Yeah. The point is that Jacob can no longer offer them the kind of assistance that they might have been hoping, but Mallory's like, hey, not your fault. You helped us out enough. Even getting us into the autopsy was a huge Oh, yeah, of course. Because now they
1: have a bunch of stuff that they need that they took without telling anybody.
0: Well, they copied without telling anybody.
1: That's what I meant.
0: Jacob has a little flirt with Theodore on the way out. Uh, A little little awkward flirt. Kind of. But like specifically and very emphatically mentions his girlfriend who will be upset if he's late to meet her. Right. Which totally deflates Theodore. Poor thing. Who was clearly attracted to Jacob. Like to the point where he was embarrassed that he still had cat makeup on. (laughs) When Jacob showed up. It's kind of sad.
1: Even though like he knows he can't do anything about that cat makeup. Yeah. It's there forever. he's
0: like, it's fine. He probably is into women, specifically alive. alive women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, don't discount the fact that he could be bisexual. It's true. Bisexuals and pansexuals are not erased in this house.
1: <laughs> Cornelia, she's wonderful.
0: Indeed. And trying to cheer up Theodore, yes. who who like gladly accepts hugs from all of them and kind of has to invite Mallory into the group hug.
1: <laughs> I don't think it was a kind of have to. I think he wanted hugs from everybody. He
0: did. And everybody obliges him.
1: Yes, I would too.
0: So, with Jacob leaving, Diana's like, "Hey, seeing as we've got a minute, come check out my diorama. I finally got this fixed up and set up, and it might give us some idea of how his last evening went. Maybe it'll give us a new angle or yeah, something." Uh, something. So she animates her little paper puppet, her paper doll of uh, Edward Custer, who basically comes in, changes, goes to bed, goes to bed and dies. dies. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, that wasn't actually that helpful. That
1: wasn't very helpful."
0: Because she spent is...
1: so much time working on it, too.
0: Yeah. And this is, this is where Theodore once again comes in with an outside-the-box perspective that the girls aren't necessarily focusing on. Where he's like, the thing about a locked room mystery is that people focus on the locked room and not on the murder. Yeah. So, like, the question of how this was done isn't as important as trying to figure out why it was done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And... That That is actually very helpful advice. Like, the mystery is not the fact that somebody managed to get into the room and kill him. It's that somebody killed him.
1: Yeah. And we need Why? to find out who. Why was this guy killed?
0: Yeah. And by whom? That's the important stuff.
1: Yes. But they are connected, I think. Yes. Because the fact that there was no forced entry, mm-hmm. there was clearly no tampering with locks, nothing like that. Like, he went to bed and was killed. They know he was killed, right? Yeah. He couldn't have done it himself. It certainly wasn't natural causes. So, like, it does confirm a magical kill. Unfortunately, that doesn't get them very far.
0: No. And that kind of leaves them up against a wall. They are all staring at this diorama playing over and over in a loop. And none of them are making any heads nor tails of what's going on. They still haven't been able to identify what spell might have been used. The diorama's not giving them any help. They have no other real avenues of investigation.
1: They've kind of hit a wall.
0: This is the point where Diana's like, okay, so here's what we're going to do.
1: We're going to take a break.
0: We're going to take a break. We're going to go and take up those fairies on their invite to go and check out their show. It'll give us a night off. It'll allow us to like reset our brains. Not think about things for a bit so that when we come back in the morning, we'll have a fresh perspective. Mallory's knee-jerk reaction is, how dare you?
1: (laughs) She basically has a temper tantrum in her head.
0: Well, not just that. She also, like, overthinks the situation. Of course she does. Which leads her to the temper tantrum. Because what she's reading into this is that her friends are already getting bored with this and are basically just going to go away again. And... That leads her into getting angry at them for something they have not said or implied. Or done. <laughs> or done. And she does indeed then have almost a temper tantrum in her head where she just wants to yell at them for like going away, understandably.
1: Well, except, like you said, they have not done that. Yeah. Not said they were going to do that. Not implied that they were going to do that. No, she is absolutely. They are suggesting being friends and regular people for an evening.
0: Exactly. But she reads way too far Of course she does. She also lets slip some envy in her mind here uh, that she's clinging on to as well, but hasn't acknowledged up until this point, which is the fact that Diana and Cornelia have just arrived back in town and everybody seems to be tripping over themselves to reacquaint themselves with them. She's been here the whole time and nobody's been paying her any attention. She's envious of them. Yes. In a way.
1: And I really hate to say this, but Mallory is doing this to herself. Well,
0: yes, there's no, also she is. Well, yeah. It's
1: not that her friends left her. It's that she stayed. She has chosen not to go out and do things because she's oh, she's also scared that she will be in pain or horrible and it will be bad. And yes, she has a condition. Yes, it's a horrible condition. But she's not an invalid.
0: Here's the thing. She's not doing anything because it's hard.
1: Yes, because it's hard.
0: Because it's hard.
1: And yes, it is hard.
0: And I'm, I'm not saying that it's not. No, we're, but, we're but, in
1: agreement. But
0: it's limiting her because she doesn't want to try to overcome that difficulty.
1: Or she feels she can't.
0: Or she feels she can't. When she clearly can. When she's motivated, she can do things. Of course. But further to that, I mean, there's also the fact that Cornelia and Diana have been gone. Mm-hmm. And now that they're back... Their old acquaintances want to reacquaint themselves with them. Yeah,
1: that's perfectly normal. Yeah. And let's be honest, like relationships are two way.
0: Yeah, and right? Mallory so has. Mallory's
1: not making, keeping those acquaintances up. No, they're not going to come and fawn over her. No,
0: and it, it's pretty clear that she hasn't been. It's pretty clear to me that Theodore has been actively maintaining their relationship this whole time. It kind of feels like it, right? Like it's been kind of one way. Not totally one way. I don't want to no, sell totally. Mallory short here, and I'm, I'm not trying to dump on her in this moment, but it feels like Theodore has been actively making the effort to stay connected to her, and she hasn't been super making an effort to stay connected with anybody else.
1: Nope, she's wallowing. This is an we, epic level wallow.
0: Yeah, and we've, I mean, we discussed this before. Of course we have. So we are kind of going back on but ourselves. It's but it's just
1: constantly being reinforced in this book. Yeah. She is a supreme wallower. Yeah.
0: Um, But she... Bears down on that impulse to scream at her friends.
1: Which is good because it is unwarranted.
0: Yeah. And then with a sober second thought goes, you know what? Diana's actually probably right.
1: Of course she is. We're
0: not getting anywhere. We're spinning our wheels. Taking a break would probably be helpful.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Agreed.
0: So she relents. Okay. We can go to the, to the party. Mm-hmm. We can go check out the concert. The gig. <laughs> the gig. And that's more or less where we end, yeah. except with Theodore being a little hurt that he has to stay behind. Of course, he can't go to a concert because he would mess up all the equipment.
1: Yeah, he would ruin everything. And so
0: he's, he's like, I'm definitely not upset about this. Don't even think that I'm upset. Are you thinking that I'm upset? Because I'm definitely not upset no, about No,
1: I'm just going to stay home,
0: alone. In the dark. In the dark. And not be upset about things.
1: <laughs> you just want to like hug him and be like, I'm so sorry that you are an unfortunate ghost. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, your circumstances aren't great either, bud.
0: But at least he seems to be coping with them better.
1: Oh, goodness, yes. For
0: the most part. He's just a bit of a drama queen.
1: Mm. Love him anyway.
0: I have some irresponsible speculation. Very good. But it's mostly just plot speculation. They're going to go to this concert, and someone else is going to die. <gasps> and that's going to make Mallory feel real guilty that they took a night off, and another victim happened.
1: mm Maybe.
0: But we're six days to Samhain, and we know that this is a serial killer story, so we need to start stacking up some more bodies. (laughs) And it's been a couple days. I think that tonight, the night that they go and take a night off, is the night someone else gets murdered.
1: Here's the thing, though. It's not their job... To keep people safe. No,
0: technically, that's the police.
1: Yeah. So if Mal, if someone does die tonight, and Mallory feels awful about it's, it,
0: it's not warranted.
1: It, it's not warranted. It's not her job to protect all of these citizens. They don't know it's a serial killer yet. Yeah,
0: and let's be fair. Like, um, my assumption is she's going to feel guilty about it because she already feels kind of guilty that they are taking a break, and this will just, I feel, reinforce that. I could be mistaken, mm, but I, I do, I do feel that the plot trajectory is that we're going to get another victim and it's going to happen tonight. Will it happen at the concert is the real question. Ooh. Will they stumble upon a body and be first on the scene?
1: In that case, that would be a good, well, not good that someone dies, but good for their case. Because... Good for
0: their case because they'd be the first, first on the scene. First hand evidence, exactly. Or will they be informed that someone else died? We'll Hard see. to say. It yeah.
1: might not happen at all. Who knows?
0: I could be totally wrong. As I said, irresponsible oh, speculation.
1: That's what we do best around here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But we're we're nine chapters in and we need another corpse. In our serial killer story, so.
1: I, uh, technically, yes, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I did have a question. Sure. Further back. Why did Jacob feel the need to show up in person? Couldn't Couldn't a call?
0: This could have been an email.
1: This could have been an email. <laughs> this could have been a phone call.
0: He might have wanted to come and see them in person to apologize. Maybe. Seems like the kind of thing that you might do. He might have been snooping on behalf of the nightmare to see where they're at in the case.
1: mm I don't know. He doesn't have a great poker face. Unless he has an exceptional poker face. It
0: could be that he wanted to see Theodore. As, as I said, there was a little bit of a flirt there. Right? He got very uncomfortable and like backed out of it, but he 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 doth protest too much, perhaps? Maybe. Or he might be the serial killer.
1: I mean... It crossed my mind, but I I doubt it.
0: It also crossed my mind. It's like, Jacob's one of the few other named characters we have in the story so far. He's popped up a couple times. Could he be the killer? But that would be very irresponsible accusation at this point. I agree. We have no evidence to suggest that he could in any way be the murderer. No,
1: not really. No. Unless it's a crazy twist, but I don't, right now I don't see it. Yeah.
0: Well, if it is a crazy twist and it happens down the road, you heard it here. (laughs) Early on, <laughs> that we already had a little twinge of suspicion for Dear Jacob.
1: Get to the end. Called it!
0: Yeah, so. Anyway, that's where we'll wrap up for this week. A little Isn't bit a little bit shorter this week after the long one last week. That's right. You'll want to read up on chapter 10 in time for next week. In the meantime, of course, you can always give us a little rating and a review because that helps us out.
1: And we appreciate it.
0: Yeah, that would be on your podcatcher of choice. You can also go to your social media of choice. We're probably there.
1: Probably. We are on x formerly twitter instagram facebook goodreads and blue sky we are at the read along on most of those
0: yeah you can also send us an email
1: absolutely please do we are the read at gmail.com
0: and with that said as always we love you very much and we'll see you next time
1: concerts woo
0: Thank you for joining us on The Read-Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All Read-Along music is by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read-Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.